Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. How many of y'all have enjoyed seed so far? Come on, let me hear you a little bit. It's been so good. And I'm not saying that because I get to preach. It's just been a good series. Like I hope that you guys have been receiving what we've been teaching. And, uh, and I hope that you have seen some growth in your life. And if you're here and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, go to our app, go to podcast, Spotify, YouTube, whatever. We're on everything. Go find it and start listening. It will bless you. It will help you grow. It'll help you go from here to here in your spiritual walk. And what we've been trying to do is teach you the process that God works. Like how God works, there's a process. And we're trying to tap into that process. Um, and a lot of times, what did we talk about a couple weeks ago? We like the big but God starts small. He starts with the seed. He starts with something small and he teaches us how to plant that seed so that we can see some growth in our lives. So if you're in here and you're like, man, I would like to see some change in my life. I would like to see God change some stuff in my life. Well, we're teaching you how to go through God's process and how you can grow. So go back, listen to the messages and, uh, and I promise, listen to them on 2x speed. You'll get through them all real quick. All right. So you can do that. And especially last week, I preached for an hour last week. I'm sorry. I've every day I've woken up and I'm like, that is terrible. I cannot be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy today. I'm preaching 59 minutes today. All right. So it's going to be good. So last week's message, listen to it at 2X and it'll be like a normal message, all right? So it'll be good. But I'm excited for today because today um, we, get to, we get to kind of see this series come into focus, all right? We've been doing a lot of groundwork, pun intended, all right? We've been doing a lot of stuff, um, but we, we've been trying to, the, the, today I think is where things are going to come into focus. Today we're going to talk about even how Jesus is referred to as a seed in the Bible. How do, where does he come in on all this stuff? And uh, we're going to talk about that today. And I think you're going to have a lot of clarity after today um, in this whole process. And next week, we get to talk about the fun stuff, multiplication. Like you, you harvest more than what you plant. And you realize that, right? Like if you plant a bean seed, you don't get one bean. Like you get a lot of beans, you know what I'm saying? And, you, and then they produce more. And so we're going to talk about that next week. And then the next, the last week is the week after that. So I'm excited. But today we're going to be in Matthew 13. It's kind of been like our home base, this whole series. And we're going to go there again today. And, uh, and I'm so excited about this. And before we get to Matthew 13 today, I've got to take you back to the beginning of the Bible. All right. So we're going to go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis. All right. So that's the first book of the Bible. If you're new here. The first page of your Bible is Genesis. So we got to go all the way back there. And so Genesis is really, especially the beginning of Genesis, it's really about God establishing an order. So it's not only about like how God created stuff. That's, that is part of it, but it's also a part of the order that God established. He took chaos and he took really nothing and he established an order of things, right? The first day, what did God, God said, let there be 
light, right? So he created like this idea of time. Like there's going to be a daytime, there's going to be a nighttime, and that day is going to be over, right? Like he established that order. Then he established uh, everything else. And so at the end of all this, he creates man. And where did he put man after he created him? Does anyone know? In a garden, right? Like he put him in a garden, the garden of Eden, right? So, so all of this seeds idea, God creates this order and he creates a garden for people to thrive in. And what do gardens thrive off of? They thrive off of seeds. They produce seeds. In and of itself, a garden will multiply all on its own just by the order that God created. And so God put man into this place where it could thrive, where he could thrive. And, and the seeds were at the center of all this stuff. With seeds, they could plant new plants and they could plant them again and they could sprout fruit and vegetables and the animals could eat off of them and be strengthened. The people could eat them and be strengthened and they could fulfill God's purpose of being fruitful and multiplying. That's the first blessing that God ever gave to people was he says, you are blessed, now be fruitful and multiply. And that's the whole idea of the seeds thing. That's how God decided to multiply in our lives. It was through a seed. So it all starts in the garden and the whole garden would function through the seed. And in the initial onset of this, everything was perfect. Like there was no pests that would destroy the plants. Like the deer weren't coming in and they weren't like eating all of your tomatoes, right? Like, or whatever you're planting. And like, there wasn't, it, everything thrived the way that it should thrive. And, and it was perfect. There was no flaw. And the best part about it, what made this truly amazing is that the Bible says that God would actually come down and personally walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the, in, uh, the, cool of the day. And so at the end of their, their work, they would, Adam's naming all the animals and the bugs and all that stuff. And Eve is just, I don't know what she was doing, but she was doing something, right? She's probably talking to a daggum snake is what she was doing, right? But she was, she was doing something and, and, and then God would come down every day in the cool of the day and he would be physically with them. He would walk with them. That was the best part of everything. The only problem uh, is that there was one tree in the garden that God gave very strict, uh, strict instructions for. He said, hey, you can eat anything. Like there's really nothing off limits for you except for this tree. And that tree was called the what? The knowledge of good and evil. And we give this tree kind of a bad rap. Like we, we think it was the tree of knowledge of evil. But really the tree had some good stuff to offer too. It was the tree of knowledge of good and, eve, uh, and evil. And so Adam and Eve, they eat the fruit from this tree and they bought into the lie that God was holding out on them. Like the, the, Satan tried to get them to believe that God is actually holding out on you. And he, he would like, did he really say that you couldn't eat everything, right? And he starts to make them question and he starts to feed this lie into their lives and just say, God's really holding out on you. They buy into this lie. We buy into this lie today all the time that God's holding out on us. And they thought, you know what? That's right. He's holding out on us and we're going to take care of ourselves, like, he, he, I want to be like him. Like, that's what the, the devil was trying to get him to say. And so they thought, I'm going to take this into my own hands. They eat the fruit, and everything from then on changes. The reason why you struggle in your life is because of that moment right there. All starts there. 
And so we're going to, that's our backdrop for this uh, parable that we're going to look at today. So in Matthew 13, Jesus ties back into Genesis and he tells us a parable and he tells us a story with the spiritual meaning. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 24. And he says, it says this, it says, Jesus told them another parable. Jesus has been telling parables all over the place. And he says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. All right, so the wheat is good, is good seed, and the weeds are something that the enemy sowed. Does that make sense? So the wheat is what he's supposed to have, but the enemy came in and sowed something bad. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, sir, uh, sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Like, where then did the weeds come from? Like, where did this, uh, I, I saw you plant the seeds, man. Like, it was good stuff. And, and, and then the, the guy replied, he said, an enemy did this. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered. Because while you were pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together. Y'all say together. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into the barn. All right. You might be thinking and going, that's weird. Wheats, weeds, seeds, fruit. There's all kinds of stuff in there. I don't really understand. Like there's barns, there's burning, that sounds intense. And uh, for the people that might be asking those questions, I got good news for you, okay? You don't have to have a theology degree to understand what Jesus is talking about. You don't have to read another book to understand. Sometimes Jesus talks so weird that it's kind of hard for, y'all know what I'm talking about. Is anyone honest out here and say, sometimes he says stuff, I don't understand what he says. Anyone else feel like that? I feel like that and I'm a pastor, okay? So I, I have to do, I do a lot of study every single week and I have a whole library full of commentaries and original language stuff. And sometimes I have to look up what that stuff means. Like, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I have got good news. You don't need to do that to understand what Jesus is talking about about because in a few verses later, Jesus will plainly tell you exactly what he's talking about. You just have to keep reading a little bit, all right? So he gets uh, with his disciples and he says this. It says this, this is verse 36 in chapter 13. And it says, then the crowd left and he went into the house. All right, so Jesus was talking like this, except the crowd was probably much bigger than this room right here. But Jesus was talking to the crowds and all of a sudden, after the crowd stuff was over, Jesus got into a house. Now, don't miss this. Y'all lean in. Look at me. Don't miss this. Jesus got done preaching to the multitudes. And he turned around. He went in the house. And Jesus led his very own seeds small group. Come on, somebody. Like, I love it. Like, he led his own. Uh, Y'all know it's coming. Don't lie. I, I, it's coming. Jesus led his small group. Now, I'm serious. He did it too. Jesus would talk to the multitudes, but then he would teach the few what he couldn't teach to everybody else. There was something happening with the few that wasn't happening with everybody else. He taught his own thing. And so why do we do small groups at Oasis? It's not a church growth strategy. It's a, it's a you growth strategy. Like you need to grow. Jesus did it. We do it. And it's because it helps you grow. If the disciples, listen to this, if the disciples didn't do 
life with Jesus in a smaller group, they never would have learned the stuff that they learned. The people in the multitudes didn't have the same experience as the people that were in the few. Small groups are important. If you're not in a group, what do you want me to say? One more time. Y'all sound like zombies. Y'all sound like my kids when I ask them to repeat something. Get in a group. No. If you're not in a group, get in one, baby. Come on. It's good. It's good. It's good for you. So the disciples, they, and listen now, you better believe Jesus had some good food at his small group. They probably had some lamb nachos up in there, right? Something, some camel's milk uh, or something, you know, like something. That's gross. I'm sorry. That was nasty. But they had, you know, it was good. Jesus could, I mean, he fed 8,000 people with loaves and fishes. My man's probably cooking up some good stuff for his small group. If you're leading a small group, the McNeil's right here, perfect example. She can cook now. Some of y'all got some of her lasagna today. It is the best, I'm not joking, the best lasagna I've ever had right here. That's why we go to their house on Sunday nights for small groups right there. I don't care about small group. What's Allison making? That's what I want to know. So they get in there and the disciples, they came to him and they asked. They said, listen, that was weird, Jesus. Like you were saying a lot of stuff, but it wasn't making a lot of sense. And they said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. So he's talking about himself. He's like, the one that sowed the good seed is me. That's me. That was me. The field is the world. And the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. Y'all tracking with me so far? Okay. Um, the harvest is the end of the age. Now, I want you to understand something. We try to be encouraging here. We'll always be encouraging here. But I want you to understand, there is an end coming for you, right? Like, we're not all going to live forever. There's an end coming. And all I want for you is at the end of your life to be able to look at God and stand in front of him and say, man, I served you faithfully. I stewarded well what you had for me. I used my gifts wisely. I loved people. But there's an end coming, right? And, and there will be a day, and also when Jesus will return again, and he's going to come back for his harvest. There's a harvest in us. Jesus is going to come back for his harvest. And so the harvesters, they're angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. So Jesus is not being sensitive here, right? Like, he's not beating around the bush. If that flickers, turn the lights on. Uh, he's not beating around the bush here. He's telling them like it is. He's, and honestly, sometimes we have a hard time with people that tell it like it is. How many of y'all know people that kind of just tell it like it is? Come on, raise your hand. It's okay. Now, there's a space for that. It's my job up here. I'm going to tell you like it is. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to hide anything from you. I'm going to tell you like it is. But if you're that type of person and you're a jerk, you're just a jerk. All right? So you need to be a person that tells it like it is with a little love. All right? Jesus is just telling them like it is. And sometimes that's the kindest thing that someone can do for you is to just be honest and say, you know what? You are, just, and say whatever you got to say, right? Like you just got to do it. So Jesus is doing this, and then he says this, they will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why does that word have a G at the beginning? I have no idea, all right? Then the gnashing of teeth, G-N, that's how it's spelled, by the way. I have no idea why that's, I feel like sometimes when we make words up in the English language, 
they forget that was like a typo, but now it's just stayed forever. I feel like that's like one of these words. Uh, then the righteous will shine. This is how I preach for an hour, by the way. Uh, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Whoever has ears, let them hear. A generation ago, when I was growing up in church, when I was younger, when I was growing up in church, a lot of the church was so eternally minded Now, listen to me. I love my upbringing. Okay, I'm going to say that before I say anything else. But a lot of the church was so eternally minded that sometimes they were like no earthly good. Okay, they're so eternally minded that you're no earthly good. And we would focus all of our attention on the weeds burning up. Now, I remember going to camps, I remember having speakers come into church. I remember all these things, and y'all may have heard these speakers before, or maybe you were at the same camps I was at growing up. And they would talk about hell in such a way that I'm like, they must have a club membership there. You know, like they, they talk about how hot it is. They're talking about how miserable it is. And a lot of people have come to know Jesus, not because they understand what Jesus is to them, but because they know I don't want to go there. Like we've talked about hell and the burning up of the weeds so much that we're like, like, I don't want to go there, so I'm just going to get saved so I can go to heaven. Like, I'm just trying to avoid that place. And that's left us in an interesting place because God has so much more for you than to just miss out on hell. That's not what this is about. Now, now hear me. Hell is a real place. Hell is a real consequence. Hell is something that is real. It's as real as heaven is. I believe in it. The Bible teaches it. But, but if you notice, we don't talk about that a lot here because I want to tell you what God can do for you. I want you to make a decision for Jesus based on who Jesus is. And, uh, and y'all know what I'm talking about. It was uh, Back then, it was turn or burn, baby. Like we're just, if you don't turn, you, you know, you're going to burn and it's not going to be fun. Do you know how hot it is? I remember one time we were at a summer camp and uh, it was no lie. 158 degrees outside. I mean, it was so hot. And this was the year swine flu happened, all right? And uh, I don't know if y'all remember that. It was like the COVID before COVID, right? Like it was the swine flu. And our student pastor at the time was like, watch this. It was the middle of rec time. There's kids in mud pits and paintball, and he gets everybody into this room where the AC did not work, by the way. And we start leading worship and all this stuff. I had sweat dripping from my forearm. I mean, it was, I was sweating so much. It was so hot in there. And he got up there and said, man, if you don't like hell, it's a lot hotter than this up there. I was like, good night, man. Like take it easy on us. It is hot in here. And a lot of kids got saved that day. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) But I say that I loved my upbringing, but uh, it was just, it was a lot of turn or burn. There wasn't a lot of talking about the other stuff. It was about, Hey, if you're a weed, you're going to get burned. Right? But here's the most important phrase in the passage. Whoever has ears, let them hear. If you can truly hear this today, listen to me. If you can truly hear this today, it's not just about the bad news and escaping the bad news of hell. Okay? When you have ears that truly hear, you'll hear good news. I believe that. You'll hear the good news of Jesus which is what the gospel means. It means good news. Jesus came to be honest with you about the reality, but he also came to give you good news. He did not come to give you bad news. So if you have ears to hear today, you're going to hear good news. So where does that leave us? Are we a wheat 
or are we a weed? What does all this mean? All right, so here's the question we're going to look at today. What do we learn from the wheat and the weeds? Uh, the first thing we need to understand is that we all have a propensity toward being a weed. No one has to help you to be a weed. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like you are just a messed up person all by yourself. A lot, we were actually talking about this in small group on Thursday night. We blame the devil a lot of times for how messed up we are, but the Bible in James actually tells us that you don't need his help to be bad. You're just bad. Like you were born bad. How many of you have young kids right now? Come on, raise your hand. How many of y'all know you didn't teach them how to hit their siblings. They just do that on their own. You didn't teach them how to lie. You didn't teach them how to talk back to you, but somehow they know. Y'all know, y'all about to know right here, right? Like those of you that are expecting in this room, may God bless you. All right. I'm just going to tell you right now, may the Lord bless you. Uh, but you'll, you'll learn real quick. Like the devil is inside this thing right now. I believe that, right? Like you just know it, it doesn't take a lot of work to be a weed. It's going to happen. They're going to pop up all on their own. The last couple of years, uh, God has been gracious. I, I, have, I, I used to say and think that God was being mean. God was not being mean. God was actually being gracious. When we first started the church, um, there was, a, I mean, every insecurity, every idol, every problem in my life got brought up at the same time. And I'm like, God, I'm trying to start a church. I'm trying to, and it's COVID right now, like, and there's racial things happening. It's an election year. Lord, help me. And now you're making me deal with my fear issue now. Like, is this the best time, Lord? Like, maybe let's get past this and I'll deal with it later. Or you're making me, you're making me deal with my insecurity issues. You're making me deal, deal with my, my past issues. You're making me deal with uh, some, uh, my problem, like how I'm angry, like my anger issues. Like you're, and all of a sudden, I started to realize, and I actually would tell church planners this, that we're planning a church. I'm like, you better be ready. God's going to show you everything that he needs to take out of your life before you start, because he can't use you when you're dealing with a lot of this stuff, or he's not going to be able to use you as much. And so what God was doing is he was showing me the weeds that had grown in my life. Now, if you're like me and you don't care what your yard looks like most of the time, you're used to seeing weeds all over the place. And I was just used to living my life in weeds. And all of a sudden, when we started this journey, God was like, no, you need to deal with this stuff. Because I have great things for you, and you're going to have to deal with this stuff. But I didn't have to try very hard for those weeds to grow. Some of you, you're so used to living in the weeds. You're so used to experiencing weeds in your life, and you have stuff, and you push it. Especially if you're a man in here, by the way, you push it aside. You don't deal with it. You lash out at your family. Those are weeds. They're growing, and you're so sick. By the way, I'm, I'm, I feel like I need to say this. Your wife's been trying to tell you for a long time to deal with certain areas of your life and you're ignoring her thinking, well, she's just nagging me. No, that's the Holy Spirit a lot of times talking to you, showing you, no, that's a weed. So humble yourselves, men, today and deal with the weeds in your, in your life. We don't have to try to make them grow. Weeds will grow in your marriage. Weeds will grow in your kids. Weeds will grow in your mind. And so let's look at what he's trying to tell us about the wheat and the weeds. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you? We ready? All right, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. Come on. All right, number one, the difference between the wheat and the weeds is the seed. All right, the difference between the wheat and the weeds is the seed. Now, you may not know this because I don't think anyone in here is super familiar with uh, Middle Eastern agricultural 
traditions of the day of Jesus, but I'm going to teach you anyway. All right, so if you're an expert in here, correct me later, but I think this is pretty good. But they, they actually had something uh, that was a weed that looked a lot like a wheat, all right? So I'm on, I got to keep these straight. They had a weed and it was called Darnell. Y'all say Darnell. And Darnell would get sown into the wheat field a lot of times. And so people would come in and they would sow Darnell into a wheat field. And a lot of times you would have no idea the difference between the two. When Jesus is talking about this parable, that's the wheat that's the wheat and the weed that he's talking about. He's talking about Darnell. And it's interesting because the Latin word for Darnell actually means to get drunk. See, the Darnell would produce a, uh, like a fruit, a little bud at the end of it, and it would make you very nauseous. Uh, it would overcome you with a ton of symptoms. Like it would make you sick. And actually, uh, they considered it to be toxic. It was so toxic, in fact, that the Roman Empire made it illegal for you to sow that seed into any field because if babies ate it or if something happened, it would kill you. It could like really kill you. It was a big problem. And so the weed that Jesus is describing isn't just kind of bad. It's not just an inconvenience. It's no, it's toxic. And so Jesus is not making this parallel of like, well, weeds are inconvenient and it's just better to deal with them. No, he's saying these weeds, they look so similar to wheat that you don't know the difference and it actually could kill you if you don't deal with it at the proper time. That's what he's saying. And, and he was telling them like, you can't tell the difference between the two. It's only when the plant grows to a certain, it's only when the plant grows to a certain size that a little bud comes out and you can finally tell the difference. That's why in the parable, the master said, no, 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 don't pull it up because you're gonna pull up the wrong stuff. You're gonna pull up the, actual, the good stuff when you're trying to pull up the wrong stuff because we can't tell the difference right now. But when the harvest comes, we can start to, start to see the difference a little bit. And so how do you know if you're a wheat or a seed you got to go back to the seed that you planted. How do you know if you're a weed or a seed? What's the seed in your life? What do you really trust in your life? I want you to think about these things. What are you really committed to in your life? It says this in 1 Peter. For you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. And so this is what I'm excited to share. We have a whole sequence of stuff that's about to come up on the screen here that we're going to help you understand this. So what do seeds have to do with Jesus? All right, so what do seeds have to do with Jesus? Let's talk about it. Adam, he was the first human, and he chose to actually eat the fruit in the garden. So when Adam ate the fruit in the garden, what came into the world? Not a trick question. Yes, sin, right? So he disobeyed, he listened to the enemy, and it corrupted the seed. Okay, so Adam decides to eat the fruit, sin enters the world, and through that, his seed had been corrupted. And so the Bible actually, the reason why you don't have to try to grow weeds in your life is because the Bible would tell you that Adam is like your father. Because he sinned, his DNA that's been corrupted and it's not good anymore is passed down to every person. So that's why when you, when you are born, you don't have to try to be bad. As cute as your kid might be, they can be little demons sometimes. Right? Because Adam corrupted the seed. 
And when they're born, they're not born good. I know we like to think that sometimes, but we're not born good. We're actually born bad. And so it corrupted the seed and that seed's been passed down to you. You wanna know why Jesus had to be born of a virgin? It's because he couldn't be born of the same seed as you and I. He had to be born of a virgin. And this is something that culture has a problem with because they want to intellectualize everything. And, but this is something that takes faith to believe. But Jesus had to be born of a virgin because he couldn't be corrupted by the same seed. Adam produced the DNA of weeds. But Jesus in the Bible, he's considered to be the second Adam. And he had a perfect nature. He wasn't just kind of okay, by the way. Jesus wasn't just kind of okay. He was completely perfect. Who ironically, in the moment where he started to become a new seed, the seed that we need in our lives, he went to another garden. All happened, started in a garden, and this all started in a garden. He goes to the garden of Gethsemane. And he's praying to God. And here's the difference between Adam and here's the difference between the second Adam, Jesus. In the Garden of Eden, Adam said, I'm doing this my way, my will. I'm doing it. In the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus, the new seed, he looks to God, he says, not my will, but thy will. Not, not my way of doing things. I want your way of doing things. And he remained perfect. And he produced a different seed. That's why you need Jesus. You're either a wheat or a weed. And the only way to go from a wheat to a weed is to accept the seed. It all starts with the seed, the seed of Jesus. It says this in Romans chapter 5. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if many died by the trespass of one man, so that's Adam, right? We all get messed up because of Adam. How much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? It's saying this, like, hey, Adam's seed messed everything up, but the seed that Jesus brings is so much better, and it's better for you, and you need it. So the first thing is the difference between the wheat and the weeds is in the seed, all right? The difference is the, is the seed. The second thing is God grace, God's grace allows them to grow together. Now, this might be hard for some of you, but I'm, like, I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to tell you like it is, all right? I'm going to be honest, I'm going to tell you like it is. If we aren't careful, we can go to one extreme, and that extreme is this. We want to self-righteously tear down anything that looks like a weed. So if we're not careful, we can go to this extreme. Y'all have seen this, these people on Facebook, right? Netflix, who's not a Christian company, by the way, they don't have Christian values. They're not supposed to have Christian values. They're Christian values. It's not who they are. But they'll create a show or Starbucks will have the red cup that's demonic and say these things, right? Or it's true, but all of a sudden, who's the people that gets the, the maddest about all this? Christians. And we like freak out. We're, we're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear that thing down, baby. I, I, we can't stand for that. And all of a sudden, we self-righteously tear down things and we're too close, like that's an extreme that a lot of people find themselves on. You see this on Facebook all the time. Like, and I hate this, but Christians sometimes seem like the most critical people of, of the world. And I would like to tell you that the people that were like that in the Bible were the religious people that Jesus actually came and spoke against. Jesus didn't criticize a lot of that stuff. 
He was there to help people. He was there. And so if we're not careful, we can self-righteously tear down anything that looks like a weed. But there's another extreme. It's the other side of the spectrum. And that extreme is this, is that God shouldn't pull anyone out of the garden, right? Like we're like, man, like God shouldn't be so harsh. Like we just need to be cool, coexist, it's all good, whatever. And that's a whole extreme as well. As well. But there's a middle ground that we have to live and grow in. You know, what's interesting is that God is so generous that he actually allows the weed to grow in his garden for a period of time. I'm gonna say that again. God's so generous that he actually allows the weed to grow in his garden for a period of time. Now listen, some of you, you look at people that are, seem evil or they seem wicked or they, they do not love God, but they're experiencing the harvest in their lives and you're like, okay, I'm doing all the right stuff and I'm not seeing anything yet, but these people are living like sin, right? And they're, they're seeing all this stuff. Well, it's because they get the same rain, they get the same soil, they get the same sunlight, and God allows them to actually grow for a period so that he can give them an opportunity to change. Like God, that's how good God is. And even some of you right now, you're bothered because you think that someone is going to get away with something. Like you're like, well, they shouldn't do that. They shouldn't have, and you're like, well, they're just going to, no, no one gets away with anything. I want to tell you right now, the Bible says that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord one day. And I promise you, the people you think getting away with stuff right now, and they're living the life that you want, and you're jealous of them, they're not getting away with anything. All right? Jesus has his place. But we all need to find the middle ground. We can't be at the two extremes. The middle ground is this. We are all in the garden together. And here's the perspective we should have. Here's the perspective of our church. Thank God that, we're, that I'm in the garden and God wants the garden to be as big as possible. I believe that. Like God allows us to grow together. Some of us were so quick to tear down that we might be ripping up something that could change from a weed to a wheat. But if we're not careful, our attitudes will start to rip up the things of God in that garden. And God's like, whoa, 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 slow your roll, dude. Like calm down. We're growing together. We're going to have grace for each other. We're going to have understanding with each other. And we're going to see what God does in this garden. And my thought is, I want this garden to be as big as possible. I love that this room is filled up with people from different walks of life. There are some of you that have been Christians for a long time. There are some of you new to the whole church thing. I love that. I love that we can all be in the same garden together because you know what? There's people that are wheat and they've been wheat for a long time that can help you. And we want to help you and you belong in this garden. I just want to tell you that. The third thing is this. You have to determine if you're a wheat or a weed. And this is what everything kind of boils down to today. You have to determine, are you a wheat or a weed? And I want to be really clear here. I don't want you to mishear me. I'm going to, I'm going to say this as clear as I can. If you say that you believe in Jesus, but you also believe that we're all like pretty okay, like no one's really that bad, or we're all just weed and some people are doing a little bit better than others, or, you know, hey, there's multiple ways to God. We just chill. Like, I, you need to, we're all doing pretty good, or Jesus is great, but the other religions are great too. Uh, I, I just want people to live their truth. If you're thinking these sort of things, I want to tell you something. If that's you, you can't believe in the biblical Jesus and also believe those things. It's not how it works. 
Jesus said that I am the way. I am the truth. We don't live our truth. We live God's truth. I am the life. And if you want to get to the Father, if you want to truly have a relationship with God, if you really want that, you have to go through me and me alone. There's no other option. Like that's the only way. So you have two choices. There's not a middle ground. There's not a gray area. There are some gray areas in scripture, by the way, that just, God doesn't really say, but this is not one of those things. This is black and white. You're either a wheat or a weed. You're either a person that Jesus is gonna harvest or you're a person that's gonna get burned up according to this parable. And I'm not trying to turn this message into one of those turn or burn things. It's not, don't hear me. But I hope you understand that there's so much more for you. The Bible says that Jesus came to give you a life, an abundant life. And that doesn't just mean when you get to heaven one day. That means right now. He can change everything about your life. And so I want to ask God to show you right now if you're a wheat or a weed. I'm going to have the worship team come up. So I want you to just bow your heads and close your eyes for a second. God will reveal himself to you today. And for some of you, he's revealing himself to you right now. And listen, you've been feeling a tug on the inside of you. And that's God starting to draw you in. He's starting to draw you closer to him. You realize the weeds and the destruction in your life right now. And you don't even know if you deserve what God wants to give you. But you've been feeling this pull. You've been feeling it. God will draw you to himself. That's what he's doing right now. And if I'm speaking to you right now, if that's you, I want you just to say this prayer after me because it's time to make the decision to get the seed of Jesus planted inside the soil of your heart. So that's you. You can say, Jesus, I want the tree of life. I want the new seed. You can say this in your own words. You don't have to repeat after me. I want you, Jesus, come and change me. I can't change myself. And I realize that I've missed it. I've missed the mark. I missed the standard. And I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you're alive today. Come into my life. Become my Jesus, my personal Lord and Savior. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. If that's you, just heads bowed and eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer today, I just want you to lift your hand up. Anybody? Awesome. If that's you, I want you to take some time today and let us help you. Fill out the Connect card. Drop it in the bucket on your way out. We want to partner with you and teach you how to grow. We want to grow with you today.